Welcome to the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Here are your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stahl. All right, welcome to our podcast where we cover business in the news and add our legal twist to that business news. My name is Nasser Pasha. Now, Matt Staub. And today we're talking politics. Well, I do. I wanted to bring up one thing first. I, I don't know if you do this on purpose, but I, I think this this is the third March we've re- done the podcast. I think all three years we've recorded on the same time when uh, Dayton is playing. <laughs> Dayton's playing right now? In about five minutes, they're starting oh. off. Okay, well, I'll pull, I'll pull that up, too. <laughs> San Diego State didn't make it this year, which is a no, pretty they big didn't. deal. Long story short with them, they had some bad losses at the beginning of the year. They lost their conference tournament in the final, so they lost the automatic bid, and so they were on the bubble. I'm not going to say they should have made it, but there might have been one or two teams. There's definitely at least one, maybe two teams that made it that San Diego State should have made it ahead of them, but that's right. kind of how I, it works. I mean, I heard they, they should have won the championship. They were favored in that game, right? So. Oh, yeah. Their conference was terrible, so they should have. But but yeah, your Dayton Flyers are... Uh... Dayton Flyers. All my high school buddies are not surprised that I have no idea. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, let's talk something I could actually discuss, not sports, but politics. <laughs> yeah, this is an interesting one. You realize this was, this was a fake thing that happened, right? Yeah, not to talk actual politics, but I was kind of hoping it was real, but okay, fine. <laughs> Well, when you first told me about it, I I assumed it was real, and then I started looking into it and realized it was fake after I read a couple of stories. But yeah, I think this was in this is in the San Antonio area. Is that right, or was it all spread out through Texas? Or I feel like it was just in the area because it was one person that was doing it. But I'm sure it may have happened other places. But that, those, these are the two stories that we picked up. So basically, what was happening is somebody was going around putting up these signs at uh, Mexican restaurants, and I'll read this one because it's kind of humorous at the end. We stand with our fellow Mexican restaurants and their efforts against hateful speech. We will also no longer be serving people who display support for the views of the presidential candidate, Donald Trump. You can't have your taco and eat it too, standing (laughs) together. And then the logo of this restaurant. Taco Cabana. Yeah. And there was another one, not the exact same sign, but a similar thing at another Mexican cafe, Mama Margie's. Somebody, I guess, was going around putting these signs up, but before the story kind of broke, people thought that these Mexican restaurants had banned together and were going to outright disallow anyone who was a Trump supporter to eat at their fine establishments. There was a lot of confusion because some people were saying that, no, some employee did it or whatever, but in this Mama Marjorie's in San Antonio, apparently they had some video footage of someone else coming in from the parking lot, putting the picture up or putting the flyer up and taking a picture. And the Twitter response on their company account was like, the message was not approved by Mama Marjorie. By the way, it doesn't sound like a great Mexican restaurant name, but okay. It's Margie, I think. Is it Margie? Oh, well, maybe that's why. <laughs> I don't know if that makes it better. Uh, yeah. I, but he says, I'm in the business of tacos, not politics, which is way yummier, which is a fine response. So yeah, so... It was fake, but then it really begs the question of, can you do that? I mean, we've all seen that sign that says, you know, no shirts, no shoes, no service, or we retain the right to refuse service to anyone. And is that true? I mean, can they refuse service to anyone? Probably not, right? You do see the signs. I, I thought it more about that when I was kind of prepping for this this recording was, yeah, you do see the signs up there about we reserve the right to refuse service to anyone, which isn't the case when you think about it. We're, we're talking about public accommodations here. So restaurants, hotels, things things of that nature. Yeah. I mean, it pretty much uh, stores, 
you know, malls and it's just how you think of it, public accommodation. And we've talked about public accommodation too. Even like Facebook could be considered a, a sphere of public of accommodation. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a physical location. Yeah. And so, you know, what, what laws are out there to, to kind of enforce this? So, so we have the Civil Rights Act, obviously. And so that prohibits discrimination of public accommodation places based on protected classes such as race, color, religion, national origin. Along the same lines, the, the ADA, it's kind of the same sort of thing, protects against people, disabilities as well, which I guess some would argue that if you support Trump, that could be a disability. <laughs> some would argue. I'm not arguing that. I mean, I'll let you be the person offending everyone. No comment on that, but... Oh, okay. But yeah, I mean, so none of these list political affiliation as a protected class, which would prohibit discrimination against that. So we'll get into another aspect of that in specific cities in a, in a bit here, but on its face, it's, you know, there's no protection for political affiliation. Yeah, and, and so let, let's take a step back for a second, because I think... The real reason why I think this is an important topic is because this same legal issue is being brought up in another context, and that is, you guys probably recall when a particular baker refused to bake a cake for a gay couple that was getting married, and the baker's like, well, what about my religious freedoms? And the gay couple's like, well, you're discriminating against us. And the problem with that concept is there are federal classes that are protected, like you said, gender, race, national origin, et cetera. But technically right now, there's not a specific protection for sexual orientation on a federal level, right. though there are some that argue, I think there are some arguing that because of the recent changes, there might be a, a trend that it will become a protected class, but no one has ruled that yet. But then some states have that. So famously, I don't know famously, but the, <laughs> California was one of the first ones, at least, to have it in their constitution for protecting class for sexual orientation, amongst other things like family status and things like that. Right. Many other states as well, city ordinances as, as well have protection for sexual orientation. And so in that particular case, it would depend upon you know whether there's protections for that. And then you had another instance where the baker refused to put, I guess, Bible verses or something to that effect that was basically condemning, you know, homosexuals. An anti-gay Bible verses. Huh? Okay. Yeah. In that case, the, the, the baker said, well, I don't want to participate in th that kind of speech. We have a policy that we don't do that for, for anyone, whether it's whatever the speech is. And so in that case, they were al allowed to It wasn't to discrimination, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't discrimination. Yeah, exactly. and just to go back on that, there's about, I think, about 20 states, you know, that have protection with sexual orientation. You, you mentioned California, obviously, and New York as well. Those are the two that are kind of the driving forces. But with this Trump issue, I mean, I guess, is there discrimination? I mean, one way you might be able to look at it would be, and I was trying to find the numbers for what people support him in terms of demographics. I couldn't really find anything that great, but I would assume that, you know, based on some of the things he said, there are certain races and certain genders that are yeah. probably not supporters of him. And, and that brings a good point is that even if you're not discri so-called discriminating against a particular race or gender, making arbitrary kind of decisions like at random or in such a way may result in discrimination because what if you're not applying it consistently or by 
you know, let's say, like you said, if you're you prohibit Trump supporters and most Trump supporters are of a certain race, you may be discriminating. It may be argued that you're actually discriminating on the race, not actually on Trump supporters. It could be argued. Right. So, I mean, that's one way to look at it. So this this was in Texas and we've talked about federal law. We've talked about state laws. There's there actually are some laws in certain i think they actually just cities these are like city ordinances that yeah city. banned discrimination based on political affiliation in, in public accommodations and i think the the one that's obvious or that you would expect <laughs> is in uh, washington dc and there actually is a ban i think it's called the dc yeah, dc anti-discrimination law which does ban discrimination based on political affiliation <laughs> and that actually makes sense you're right because Otherwise, uh, it, could, it could get pretty nasty, I'm sure, oh, yeah. just based upon your party affiliation. But the irony of that kind of uh, law may make, there was a, a kind of a question posed, well, does that mean that now you can't discriminate against Nazis in public, you know, or people that, or members of the KKK, because it's a, considered a political affiliation and so forth. And so the answer is, is that in those cases, probably not. And, you know, even California doesn't expressly bar political affiliation, but you still can get into trouble because apparently there was a ACL lawsuit, a ACLU lawsuit against a restaurant that excluded a patient for wearing a swastika. So just because there's not that that particular law doesn't mean that you're you're you know, you can't necessarily discriminate. Think if if you're a business, if you own a restaurant and you just have a bunch of, you know, you have a whole group of people from the KKK come in like fully yeah. dressed i mean what fully dressed too. i don't i don't know what you're really supposed to do in that situation well I, I think in most cases you can just assert your rights anyway and kick them out and just deal with the blowback because you'll yeah you'll probably you'll you'll probably win the hearts of the of the mass public unless i don't know yeah i think gener- generally speaking you'll have a pretty positive response and or PR in the media there, I would, I would think, or I would yeah. hope, but. Well, you've, you've heard about, I mean, it's been in the news, of course, of all these people being kicked out of the campaign rallies, right? At Trump's rallies. And I'm sure, I'm sure it happens at others. And interesting enough, these campaigns are actually considered public accommodation. And so I can't see it making sense that you, you can't, you know, prohibit people that aren't supporters of you because again that's a political affiliation and if they're protesting and causing any kind of disruption i think the law is on trump's side and in, in, in that respect that's why it's so easy for the police to actually get involved in being the ones that remove some of these protesters but what's a little problematic from trump's perspective if you have people of a certain minority group that is targeted and consistently removed from your rallies especially if they're removed without actually causing a fuss or protesting, that's where someone, you know, the Trump or anyone else that does it could get into trouble. Yeah, I mean, there's there's freedom of speech, obviously, and then there's, you can't say everything that you want, you know, in public. There's, you know, there are exceptions to the, the freedom of speech, so it's not like you can go out there and just go crazy, but. Yeah. So let's say these restaurants in in Texas, let's say it was this was real, and they all kind of did, or a group of them did, band together to not allow anyone that was a Trump supporter into their restaurant. You think they could, assuming that they could enforce? I guess it'd have to be people that were obviously supporting Trump, yeah, like wearing Trump shirts or buttons or what what have you. Yeah. But you know, you, you think would they be subject to? You know, think they'd be vulnerable to a lawsuit at that point? 
I think they'll be vulnerable to a lawsuit just because it's so. Of course. Like, uh, you know what I'm getting at. It's just so kind of outrageous for people to accept it that there's going to be a Trump supporter that is like, this is this is not acceptable. But the likelihood of losing such a lawsuit is probably low unless, unless there is like a local statute that says something otherwise. And especially in Texas, like I, in California, even without a local statute, it, I'd, I'd be a little concerned. But in Texas, I don't, I don't, I'm not aware of any statute that protects that kind of political affiliation. And most likely it's fine. I bet you, I mean, I'm sure if it was a Democrat, you know, if it was like Clinton supporters or whatever, it might be a little bit different depending upon. But I think in general, in either case, they're probably okay. Yeah. Would I or you sign off on it? Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> if they were, if they were, we were their attorneys, we'd we'd probably do a little bit more research and and try to figure it out if they're insistent on that. But yeah, that's the thing is, I, I agree with you completely. But you know, if you're if you're that restaurant, you're just asking for a loss. You know, like they, you will most likely be sued. Now, whether anything happens from it, you know, there is probably going to be a lawsuit. But you're you know, I, I I'm with you on what you just said. Yeah. And, and by the way, it's not this kind of discrimination. I know it seems like who's going to say like, you know, blacks can't go to my restaurant, but there's law, there's still lawsuits and, and actual things happening. Like in last year, a African-American man who says he was asked to pay for his meal before dining yeah. at a Washington <laughs> state restaurant, unlike other white diners around him, he filed a hundred thousand dollar discrimination lawsuit against such a claim, which... I think rightfully so, right? I mean, it's, yeah. it's it's pretty straightforward. And it's like, in this day and age, it seems obvious, but whatever the person's reasoning, and most likely it wasn't the owner that asked him to do this. It was some employee that, I, I'm making assumptions here, right? And this employee could cost you a bunch of money unless you know you really have a control of the culture and atmosphere that you're trying to present your establishment with. Yeah, that was ridiculous. I, it made me just think about that pizza place in Indiana. I was looking to see. It appears to still be open. Which pizza place? I forgot. The Memories Pizza. Remember the one that wouldn't allow gay people to, to eat there or gay couples? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm kind of surprised, especially because it was in a small town. So any downfall in business or downturn in business might shut that place down. But it appears to still be open. Yeah, I'm looking to... For some reason, when I search in Google, it auto-completes and it says a GoFundMe. It looks like they have a GoFundMe campaign, too. That happened right after... Oh, we covered that before? Yeah, yeah. I don't know what it was when we first covered it, but how much do you think they raised? Oh, I don't know. It was a lot at the time, or more than I expected then. How, what was the final number? It's 845000 <laughs> I, I mean, it's like... I mean, they might as well close, right? Like It's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's probably more than they make in a year. And there's people that donated 14 days ago, 15 days ago. <laughs> so ridiculous. Well, if I remember correctly, the restaurant wasn't the one that did the GoFundMe. It was just some supporters that yeah, shared the same ideology. Ideology? Ideology. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. Because he says, my name is Lawrence Jones and I'm one of the television opinion contributors on Dana's show. So show producers are in direct contact with the family to ensure that they never feel like they are being left out with what's going on. Thank you for generosity. Well, let me give, I mean, by the way, I have to give an update with this uh, Dayton Flyers game. It's a, it's a nail biter, 6-6 six, six <laughs> so far. So. so I think the first year we did this, you predicted, did you predict one perfect bracket that someone would do? And last year you predicted two? Yeah, no, this time three and a half. <laughs> and I say half because we'll find out that the fourth person that did it 
actually copied the third person, so we give him half. So well, I think there was a bunch of upsets yesterday. I think last year, I think yesterday's number of upsets was more than the whole first round last year. So you're probably not gonna. My point is, if you didn't get it last year, you're probably not gonna be right this year. Well. Yeah, I mean, if you believe in probabilities, but <laughs> if you believe in like basic math, then yeah, of course I'll be wrong. But if you have faith in the world, I've had a couple of conversations in my life where people have it's it was literally just math it was like all I was basing my my point on, and they were arguing with me. I was like, I, this is literally just hard numbers. Like, there's no there's no argument. It's this. It's A and B, and that's that's all it is. And people still will argue against you. <laughs> It's completely objective. It's just literally just numbers. It's a calculation. And they'll still say, well, no, it's blah, blah, blah. And so. uh, not to get off topic too much, but it, it is a fascinating kind of concept that, you know, conceptually, it's like, yeah, why, why couldn't it, you know, you even if randomly choosing, eventually someone will get it right. But because of the, the number of possibilities in the course of the tournament, it's, you're right, it's nearly impossible. That's why I'm still willing to give a billion dollars to a person that gets it right. So you double down every year and increase the number that you predict. <laughs> because I just put, I, yeah, every year I just put the billion dollars away. I'm like, well, this is, this is for the tourney. Actually, I didn't even fill out a bracket this year. Not that I did last year or the year before, but. <laughs> there wasn't as much talk this year about it, it seems like. I don't know. I think it's just because the Warren Buffett thing. Yeah. And also everyone has Trump fever. Yeah, that's true. Election year. That's probably it. Yeah, exactly. Nice circle back to the topic there. <laughs> By the way, this guy on, I'm looking at as a commentator on March Madness, he looks like Jared from Subway. Not a compliment. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. Keep it sound and keep it smart. This has been the Legally Sound Smart Business Show with your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stop. The Legally Sound Smart Business Show is your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Legally Sound Smart Business is a podcast that is intended but not promised or guaranteed to be current, complete, or up-to-date, and should in no way be taken as an indication of future results. No attorney-client relationship is created by listening or submitting questions to the podcast. The podcast does not constitute legal advice, but rather is offered only for general informational and educational purposes. You should not act or rely on any information in the podcast without first seeking the advice of an attorney. The opinions expressed in the podcast reflect the views of those individuals and do not necessarily represent the views of any other individual or business. For more information about the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, visit LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com.